Welcome to Imagine Radio, featuring insights and opinions from thought leaders and subject matter experts in the HIM and healthcare industry to help you stay educated and informed. This is Imagine Radio. I'm your host, Todd Youngblood. Welcome back. My guest today is Seth Katz. He's Associate Administrator Information Management at Truman Medical Centers. Seth, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Just to get us kicked off, Seth, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be in the position you have right now. Yeah, great. So uh, I'm currently at, uh, at Truman Medical Centers, which is a uh, hospital system in Kansas City, Missouri. It's a safety net. So that means we do treat everyone regardless of their ability to pay. Does put a bit of a, a cramp on budget sometimes because we do about 120 to 130 million dollars worth of free care at cost a year. It really means you have to be nimble and, and really think outside the box for solutions. Been lucky to work there for 11 years, uh, working my up my way up from originally just a manager over one of our file rooms to my current position. And then uh, I'm also I like to work with students, so I'm I'm an adjunct faculty professor for the University of Kansas Medical Center for their uh, HIM academic program, and recently was elected to the HEMA board of directors. So wearing a lot of hats these days. Wow, that is a lot of hats. And you said you. The Truman Medical Centers are treating uh, to the tune of 120 million of, of folks that uh, don't have the ability to cover their payments. No, that's that's the dollars. It's about 120 million dollars at cost that we spend a year treating people who who don't have a payer source. They're not covered by Medicaid or or Obamacare, something like that. Holy cow, that's tough duty. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, it really. And as I was saying, you know, when we find partners, especially in the IT space, you really have to find strong solutions to tackle a problem when you have such razor thin margins. So you really have to be, be nimble. Yeah. Dive a little bit more into that. I mean, cause that's, you know, it's one of those things that as a, if I have my CFO hat on, I'm horrified at that. And if I have my Todd Youngblood hat, my humanitarian hat on, you know, kudos to, to an organization that's able to do that. What kind of impact does that have on you day to day? It's a huge one. I mean, it, it's true. Our CEO, Charlie Shields, loves to say a lot of people work at Truman because of the mission. I mean, you have to want to work for an organization like that where you believe you're, you're doing the right thing, knowing that you're not going to always be able to buy the latest gadget or have the, the fanciest new, I don't know, CT scanner that just came out. But it also means that when we work with partners, especially in the IT space, that's what we're looking for. My boss, our CIO, she always says she wants you know, one vendor to solve 10 problems, not 10 vendors to solve 10 problems. So you want to align yourselves with people who understand our mission and are willing to sort of put skin in the game. And, you know, if they're willing, it's not just a salesperson coming in saying, hey, if you implement our CDI solution or our physician order ed, physician order entry platform, it's going to save you X dollars. Somebody's really willing to put that themselves in a contract space and say, you know, we're going to back that up because we understand if we're going to make that claim, you have to be able to realize that. And so it's exciting when you can align them with with our external agencies who who get that mission and then want to be a part of it and want to see it successful. Because I'll say this, we get a lot of vendors we, we work with who say, if you can make it work at Truman, you can sell that to anybody then. Because you can go to a large system then and say, look, this tiny hospital system that treats all these people without an ability to pay that, you know, has 20 days of cash on hand or whatever, you know, they were able to see these successes and gains by it. You can tell that story and sell it to anybody. So from that opportunity, I think it, it, it helps. But you're right, Mayor CFO, I'm sure he has a lot of lot of long nights looking at our finances. But it's you know we we're proud of what we do for the community and to take care of those people that unfortunately would have no other place to go. 
Well, and I have to believe it's it, it puts you in a position of being a real driver and discoverer of best practices because you've got to do it on those razor thin kind of margins. So, I, Seth, I'm impressed. Let me just leave it at that. <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> you. You you mentioned that you just got elected to the AHIMA Board of Directors. So on, on behalf of the industry, thank you. And at AHIMA, the recent conference out in Los Angeles, you presented uh, with regard to patient portals, correct? That's correct. Tell us a little bit about the message you delivered. Yeah, happy to. I've been a, a big advocate for patient portals over the last six, seven years. And my presentation was really about the issue the industry has, which is everybody wanted their meaningful use money when that program started. And one of the requirements was you have a patient portal and everybody implemented it. Every hospital has their own. They're, they're all different. One hospital posts everything. Another hospital posts, I don't know, just your basic labs. And there was this idea that just if we just turn these things on, patients will automatically start using them. They'll feel so much more engaged. You know, no-show rates will drop or satisfaction scores will go up. And, of course, that, that just didn't happen. You can't just turn on a piece of software or an app and expect everything to work out. And so what I really talked about was really almost starting over, that all these organizations that, that turn these things on, that just assume they would magically work and that people would sign up for them and, and use them regularly – are now finding that's not the case. And and I think it was poor planning that, like I said, it was just a check the box thing that, oh, we have to have a portal to get meaningful use money. So turn it on and, and then move on. And people didn't really build it like they built the rest of their EMR. I'm very proud of the fact that at Truman, you know, we, we treated a patient portal. My presentation was called putting the patient back in patient portal because in our committee, we, we want to listen to what the patient wants, just as I would not go to the anesthesia group and say, Here's how I'm building the system for you. We would want the anesthesiologist to tell us, you have to do the same thing. This is the patient portal. This is their tool. So having, you know, someone up in an office make all these decisions about what a patient should or shouldn't look at obviously hasn't been successful. And I think we've seen that play out when you've seen patient portal fatigue and people worried that they're not going to hit uh, meaningful use stage two or, or now stage three requirements. Well, get, get us down closer to the ground, Seth. It's one thing to say, get the patient more involved. How do you actually do that tactically? I think there's two ways you can do that. The first one is, is groundbreaking. That's just you ask them. When I talk about this, one of my first questions that people say they struggle, I'll ask is, have you just asked your patients what they want to see? I mean, just sit there in the, in the cafeteria and ask people, hey, if we had an app that would let you, what was it you'd like to do? Do you want to refill your meds overnight? Do you want to be able to wake up with a sore throat at 2 a.m. And, and self-schedule that appointment in one of our clinics? And everyone always says, oh, no, we, you know, we didn't, no one thought to ask. So number one is just literally ask patients what they want. And number two is use data. For example, I think HIM is uniquely suited in this space because of release of information. We know what patients are coming in and asking for. So for example, what we did at Truman was when our physicians were a little concerned about posting all of our, our notes, which we, we are an open note facility now, we came back and showed, you know, look, this is what people come in. We have 70-ish people come in a day looking for their physician notes. This is what people want. And if we don't post them, all we're saying is, okay, you have to find a way to get to Truman Monday through Friday, 8 to 4.30, potentially have to pay for records. All You're just putting up barriers. So use your data. Use the information you have at your fingertips now to help build what you think would be a successful portal. And then, like I said, just ask patients. Send out a survey. Stand around in your in your cafeteria. Just engage them. Any HIPAA concerns with putting literally all the records, it sounds like, are, are available on the portal? Absolutely not. And that, I think that's that's something people try to hide behind. But 
you know, we tell the, I think you brought up a great example too, because when we were working with our medical staff about the open notes, you know, there was a concern, well, what if they read something that we didn't want? Or what if they saw a result before I was able to call them? And, you know, what we said back was HIPAA says once it's available, a patient can get it. So if a patient goes to the clinic and on the way out the door stops and releases information and says, I'd like a copy of my record, we can't look at it and say, oh, you know what? The doctor didn't call you first. I'm sorry. You have to come back later. They get it right then and there. And when you sign up for our portal, we obviously confirm your identity and make sure we know who you are. But once you've done that, you've authorized it, you've enrolled yourself, we validated who you are, and it's your record. Truman just owns the, may own the EMR, we may own the systems that house it, but HIPAA has made very clear the data and information in that record is yours. So by not posting it, all we're doing is putting up a barrier. This may be an obvious question, Seth, but in, in setting up a patient portal, it's obvious to me anyway, now that you've instructed me, I guess. To ask the patient, what is it that you want to see, you know, on an online portal? How are you doing that on a continuing basis or are you doing it on a continuing basis? No, we are. I think one of the easiest one is, is we send out surveys throughout the year. Something really simple as a survey monkey. We actually post a link. We can email it out, but then we also post it on the portal because we want to get feedback on how it's going. And then we will do a lot of just asking patients. We have different patient advisory councils at the hospital and though they may be, you know, a, a breast cancer group or, I don't know, a newborn support group to get five minutes on the agenda just to say, hey, we have this tool. Is this something you'd be interested in or what would you like to see new with it? It doesn't take a lot of time and effort to do that. And I think if you want to be successful, you're going to have to ask your patients what they want. It's not what another hospital system necessarily did that made them successful. I always say because of our patient population, comparing us to a hospital in an affluent community where, you know, everyone has the greatest insurance. We don't have the same patients. They don't have the same mix. They don't have the same needs or, or maybe barriers to technology. So every hospital kind of has to do it on their own to be successful. Interesting. What's the most challenging request you've gotten that you've been able to implement? Self-scheduling is actually the hardest. We're doing it limited currently. We want to, my goal is to get it full open schedules. But, you know, when we talk to our medical staff, at first, everyone's like, yeah, that sounds great. Let patients make their own appointments. And then when it came time to sit down and do it, everyone was like, oh, I don't know. I'm so worried. What if they all no-show? Or what if somebody self-schedules themselves to 50 appointments, all these weird things? And it took about a year and a half before finally one group stood up and said, you know what, we'll do it. And it was our radiology department for mammograms. And since then, we've also rolled out orthopedics, uh, self-scheduled appointments, and we're moving into kind of general medicine. But that was the hardest. I think people were just, people are scared, I think, of losing control a little bit about letting the patient drive their care, even though we know that's where the industry is going and what we want. It's it's one thing to talk about it in the room, and then it's another thing to put pen to paper and say, okay, we're going to turn this on. We're going to let the patient say, I want to come tomorrow at 2, and I don't need to call and go through a, a phone tree and do all those things. Wow. What next? What are you working on right now on the portal? Uh, the two things we're working on, one are expanding what, uh, what you can self-schedule, like I said, and the other is is trying to rebrand a little bit. We use our EMR vendors uh, portal and we want to build it more as an app under our Truman logo as opposed to their logo. So trying to build it and brand it a little bit more, um, make it a little more personal for users. So we're, we're kind of working now moving to the ad space or app space, I should say, which is another thing I think hospitals didn't think about, which is today's world drives off phones and right. you know, all your stuff better be available in apps and better be able to work with, you know, third party apps because I want my health record to be able to match up to my Fitbit so that I can see, you know, how my blood pressure has changed as I get my 10,000 steps in and things like that. 
Well, for what it's worth, Seth, I'm a 60 something and I want that app on my phone. <laughs> I no, just, I, I you're agree. Absolutely right. I, I'm adamant about that. I complain to my, to my, uh, internist all the time <laughs> to get that done. So I love that one. Hey, before it's, it's funny you said that, I'll just, I'll just say, I was going to add real fast about that. It's funny you said that because, you know, for our patient population, the vast majority don't have computers. So I can't just say, oh, hey, go home, log on to this website on your your MacBook, on your Dell and, you know, do whatever. So actually from day one, we've been targeting it by cell phone use because while many people don't have a home computer, may not home have home Internet, pretty much everybody nowadays has a cell phone, even 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 homeless people. There's been a lot of stories about how. How, how, because the technology has come down in costs and how ingrained it is in, in, in people's lives that the vast majority of the population, 89% of households below the federal poverty level had at least one cell phone in the last census. So you have to imagine by now that number's ballooned even higher. So yeah, I mean, we're in a mobile world. Everything has to, has to be moving in that direction. Seth, we're running short on time here and you have shared a boatload of, of best practices here in a short period of time with regarding with regard to patient portals, ask the patient what they want, patient advisory councils, use your data, put it on a cell phone, self-scheduling is a, as a really important app. Any, anything else that pops to mind that's important for someone that's in a similar position to yours at a different medical organization? Any other best practices you'd suggest or, or helpful hints and tips? You know, the two things that I think I'll say is one was from my presentation, which is think like a startup in the sense that your app or your portal or whatever is competing with everybody else's because if you go to two different providers, they each want their meaningful use money. They each have their own portal. You know, you have to give people a reason to come back to you over and over again. So even when we said open notes, that's great. People like it, but you have to give people a reason and then come back month after month. So you always have to be adding, changing, updating, just as any other app or, or website continues to evolve. The same thing applies to a portal. It's not just we turn it on. We turn on all these great functions and you move on. You, you have to be constantly selling it, constantly updating it, making it fresh. That's number one. And then number two is it should be a fun project. Like this is, this is a, the easiest way to get to engagement. You know, you, you have a tool you control that you're letting patients use to connect with you, to make appointments, to look at their labs, to refill medications, to send messages. This should be step one of everybody's engagement strategy. Because A, you have to have it for meaningful use, and B, it's just a great tool if you use it effectively for that, to give the power of connectivity and, and control of their healthcare to the patient. Because as we know, real healthcare takes place outside the four walls of the hospital, and your portal should be the tool to help get that, get that done. Well said. Well said. One more thing before I let you go, Seth. You are a font of insight here, and I want to make sure folks know how to get a hold of you if if somebody out there's got some more questions and wants to pick your brain a little bit more. So how, how can folks get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm always happy to chat about this or any topic. You can always reach me on email. The easiest is my work one, which is my name. So Seth, S-E-T-H dot cats, K-A-T-Z. And that is at T-M-C-M-E-D dot org. So Seth dot cats at T-M-C-Med dot org. Or my work number, which is uh, 816-404-3355. And uh, I'm always happy to chat and share best practices or, or talk through troubleshooting. Seth Katz, Associate Administrator, Information Management at Truman Medical Centers. Thanks for taking some time out to share your perspectives and, and insights. We appreciate it, Seth. Happy to be here. Thank you. That wraps this segment. On behalf of my guest, Seth Katz, I'm Todd Youngblood. Thanks for listening. 
Imagine Radio. 